Hi, everyone. You're listening to Oh My Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Janine Rommel, a.k.a. The Wild Explorer, and I'm here today with our producer, Martha, and we have our special guest, Steve. Hi. Hi, Steve, Steve, you just took a really long journey home, right? Yes, I did. Well, home is not like home home, right? Because you've been nomadic for how many years? Yeah, tell us about that real quick first. Tell us a little bit about you. So I've been nomadic uh, a little bit over three years, three and a half years. Um, I've been in L.A. for a very long time and... um, just life changes and everything that happens that kind of drives you to want to be nomadic all kind of happened for me. So I got rid of pretty much 95% of the things that I owned and just became a a nomad. Started traveling, um, have lived in quite a few places, have traveled to even more. um, And yeah, you know, just kind of really uh doing the the nomad life 101 nice and i mean other than what's going on right now like you'd still be traveling right yeah i would probably be in well actually if everything wasn't going on i'd be in europe right now where i was before i came home because of the virus Yeah, so we definitely want to talk about, like, the virus and, like, how, I mean, what was happening over there, because, I mean, it hit Europe pretty hard before it even hit the States, but you just got home, like, what, a week ago? Yeah, so I've been back uh, a week today. Oh, damn, okay. Just got out of um, isolation. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. And so now I'm I'm at my sister's place, uh, practicing the same as everyone else the uh, the stay at home and not being around people. But um, it's much much better than the week of absolute isolation, not leaving the house and not seeing another human, which was very difficult. Yeah, I I can't even imagine I mean with like people who are alone I was talking with a friend who lives alone and um she has to work from home she's like yeah I'll just end up going to my mom's most of the time because like the dog's there and you know there's like you know people and things going on I'm sure like people like I enjoy alone time but to have to do that every single day so we lost everyone on the call um so it's gonna pick up in a weird spot and i am just gonna drop off and the rest of the episode is just gonna be janine and steve um talking about this whole situation that we're in so yeah just wanted to let you know that is happening right now okay (laughs) bye everyone um hope you enjoy the rest of the episode all right Okay. Was I talking about my street?
Yes, you were talking about your street and everything being so apocalyptic, not seeing anyone even walking around. Yeah, so I think that is, that's the weird thing, is that there's, I mean, LA is a complete ghost town. It, it's just weird going anywhere and, I mean, seeing nothing. It, it, I don't know, maybe I watch too many, like, zombie movies and I watch The Walking Dead, like, all the time, so... I guess I kind of like associate it with that. Every time I go into a supermarket and I see empty shelves, I'm just like, it like, it actually gets me a bit depressed. Um, so I don't know. There's, it's just, it's a really weird time right now. Yeah. Was Do it you... at all? I'm sorry. You go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to ask you if it was like that at all um, when you were when you were in Europe because you were you in Sweden you said. So, I was in Vietnam and I went from Vietnam to Germany to meet up with uh, some friends' bands that were on tour. So I went to hang out, and take some photos. So I landed in Germany and was there uh, at the beginning beginning of the middle of february so things were just kind of starting to to happen uh and it was kind of going from uh let's all see what happens to we kind of have an idea of what's going on everyone needs to take extra precautions um and so in germany we were out so in Berlin, it hadn't really taken off yet because I had seen two parades. One was uh, an immigration uh, march with mm-hmm. thousands of people. And then that Sunday, there was a uh, women's rights march, which was like, I would say maybe 30,000 people. Oh, so shit. it was not a uh, stay at home thing yet. And then, so for that week, you know, on the bus, shows, photos, crowds, around a bunch of people, it was just kind of starting to, people are getting a little bit more, uh, paying a little bit more attention to it. The bands during the meet and greets are wearing gloves. Um, It was, it was just kind of like... we didn't know how serious it was, but we knew we were supposed to not treat it like it was nothing. And then uh, it, we really started to realize what was going on when all the shows started to get canceled. And so on Monday, the uh, Thursday show canceled. And then on Tuesday, uh, the show in Paris got canceled. So we're still in Germany. And then Wednesday, they played in germany and then wednesday night rather than kind of you know all the bands hanging out after the show and it's fun everyone's just kind of sitting around looking at the tour managers like what's happening and all the shows just sort of uh paris is canceled copenhagen's canceled and then it was like all right well we gotta go home and then that thursday the bands were all getting flights to go home and that's when trump put out the uh Uh, people from Europe can't come to the United States starting Friday. And I was like, well, I guess I'm stuck. So uh, I was 
at that point, I was in Frankfurt, Germany. I was like, I know a few people in Sweden. Um, everything seems pretty chill there. I'm going to get an Airbnb, got a flight, uh, stayed a couple days in Frankfurt, got an Airbnb because I thought I was going to be stuck for a month. So I got an Airbnb for a while and then just kind of started making plans. Uh, I was going to do Sweden, Norway, uh, Finland, and just kind of hang out and, and ride it out. Mm-hmm. So I made all these plans, got flights, and then after all that was done, the White House released like, oh, you know, if you're a U.S. citizen, you can still come home. And so it was just kind of a space bomb, like, are you kidding? All my friends had left, like, in a rush because they didn't want to get stuck. Uh, so they all left Thursday. And I hopped on a plane to Sweden. Now I'm sitting in Sweden like, okay, well, I guess I'm still going to just keep my plans and just kind of see what happens. So I was in Sweden for a week and it was kind of really not like anything was happening. Uh, I've never been in Sweden uh, for a long period of time during the winter. So I don't really know what the streets are normally like, but it's usually pretty cold in Sweden. So I think people just kind of go about life like normal uh, even though it's freezing outside. And so there was still quite a few people out. Uh, restaurants were open, bars were open, everything was pretty normal. And then just all of the borders started closing. Um, Italy had been closed for a while, but uh, Germany was closed. Uh, the Netherlands had closed. And then you couldn't go from uh, Sweden anywhere else in germany or i'm sorry in europe so then i started to kind of get a little bit antsy like everything was kind of starting to close in and then um it was thursday of last week that they put out or no two weeks ago that they put out the um travel warning of uh the whole world became level four do not travel and so i had uh i booked a plane ticket back on air canada but it was for a week away and then i saw that travel ban so i kept trying to find newer and newer flights and all my friends sending me they're like oh look there's this flight and i'm like guys stop sending me flights these don't exist like look i looked up on google flights there's hundreds of flights you're fine i'm like no, no. <laughs> they do not exist. Those are all flights that are just still there from when everything was normal. These oh, flights do not wow. exist. I have my credit card out. I try to book this flight. It just doesn't let me buy the flight. It, it doesn't exist. So you're sitting looking at a mixture of real flights trying to get people home and then flights that were just kind of cashed or, or they just didn't exist. You couldn't buy them. So then I got a United flight and it was for Tuesday. And at this point it was Friday, Friday evening. And so I bought the flight. They charged my credit card, but no itinerary came. So it said, you know, if, if it doesn't come, wait 24 hours, then call us. So by Saturday evening, nothing had come. And I was starting to get a little paranoid, like, okay, Where's my ticket? Is this going to happen? 
I bought the flight on United, but the flight from Sweden to London Heathrow was on a different airline. And then the United flight was from Heathrow to the, uh, to San Francisco. So by Saturday late night, it was probably about 10. I, cause it had been 24 hours. So I called customer service and I was like, what's going on? was on hold for about three hours. So it was, it was around midnight when I finally found out that the flight had been canceled. They never sent me anything. So if I had just kind of been irresponsible and not paid attention to it, I probably would have gotten stuck. So at that point, I was starting to really get like nervous. How am I going to get home? And I found this was like midnight Saturday. I found a flight at 6 a.m. Sunday morning. And it was the last flight that I could find that seemed legit. And it was on uh, the same airline uh, for both of the flights. So just started packing everything, bought the flight, went to the airport. It was on a KLM. It was, everyone was super nice. Everything still seemed very normal in Sweden. Uh, no one was walking around with masks or anything. Took the flight from Stockholm to Amsterdam. And it was a complete 180. Amsterdam airport, like you were in the apocalypse. There was people walking around in hazmat, like home hazmat suits. Uh, people are walking around in like painters' outfits. Uh, oh, wow! With like the like the kind of gl- goggles that you wear in wood shop, where it's like mm-hmm. supposed to block your eyes if like a big old piece of wood comes flying at your face but i don't know how good it would really protect you if someone were to sneeze in your direction (laughs) people were just doing anything they could i saw a guy wearing if you ever see the the videos of people when they go skydiving and they have those like wind shields that they put over their eyes someone was wearing one of those oh wow Uh, so it was like whatever they could get from like their garage or whatever like they were just hey any sort of protection is better than nothing yeah, I saw a lot of people walking around in like uh, the paper painters uh, like overalls and then they would have rubber bands or hair ties around their their wrists and ankles to kind of keep it all closed up. Um, but yeah, it was just lots and lots of makeshift protective gear. And then on the flip side of that, there's people walking around just coughing into the air like it was no big deal. And so you're just kind of walking around and like, I was starting to get paranoid because on the news you're seeing that like uh, uh, Amsterdam and the Netherlands are getting hit really bad. And I was like, if, you know, if I get this, it feels like I'm probably going to get it here. Um, So got on the flight, got back to San Francisco, landed. The flight was maybe a third full and they were checking everyone. So they were not telling us whether or not the flight was still going to happen uh, when I was in Amsterdam because there were people who had bought tickets that didn't have U.S. passports. So they were oh. having all the trouble trying to get those people cleared because I think they had a layover in San Francisco and then they were going to go to Canada or Mexico. And so... Oh, got it. They, yeah having all this trouble and, you know, asking everyone who had a U.S. passport to come up. And it was just, it was, everything was on edge and everyone was really like high tension. And so we got on the flight, everything was normal. It all worked out. 
And then when we landed uh, in San Francisco, uh, everyone did end up getting off the plane. So it wasn't like anyone was not allowed out, but they were only letting us out six at a time. And then, um, oh, excuse me, when you got off, you'd kind of go down the, the runway thing. I don't know what that thing is called. Um, oh, the part that like connects the airport yeah. to the, okay. Yeah. I was like, I don't know what it is. That thing and uh, like every few feet, there are people making sure everyone stays far apart. And then you get into this kind of closed hallway room and just a couple of people at a time you go and you have to sit and talk to a doctor and fill out a form. And I was probably there for like eight minutes talking to uh, an EMT and a doctor. And they just kept asking the same questions over and over again. Uh, they wanted to know where you had been, if you had a fever, if you had a cough, if you had any shortness of breath, if you had headaches. And it was just kind of like they were trying to catch people in a lie, maybe. It was odd because mm-hmm. they had you fill out a form and then they read the form even though all of your answers are right there, you had to answer again. And then someone else came and kind of asked the same questions, but in a different way. Uh, but nobody took my temperature or anything like that. Um, okay. but the other so there was no, it was more of a screening, not like any sort of actual test or anything. Yeah. Um, Weird. And when I had gotten into... I don't remember where my layover was going from Vietnam into Germany, but I remember when I got there, I had to take off my jacket and my hat walking off the airplane so they could take my temperature. So they were like mm-hmm. starting to take it kind of seriously, but coming into the U S there was nothing. I think they were just kind of like, if you seem sick, they would, you know, probably give you a little bit more attention, but I didn't. So yeah, after a few minutes, I just continued on my way, like everything was normal. Um, the San Francisco airport was full of police, which I thought was really odd. There's probably more police than there were uh, passengers. So oh, wow. that kind of seemed really weird. Seeing them, like, what are they looking for? Like, if someone's sick, are they gonna like arrest them? <laughs> I don't know. It was it felt weird, but yeah, uh, yeah then had me sign this paper that says I'm going to stay in isolation and then that I would in fact like quarantine like everyone else and not go anywhere so that uh (laughs) so it was like a little like I mean you could sign it and do whatever you want I mean if you were not a good human being right like I mean it's just a paper that you signed right and it's weird because I've got friends in I have a friend in Peru who had just gotten back to Peru a Peruvian and they were putting people up in hotels on the Peruvian government's dime um for their quarantine but they were not allowed to leave and they had people uh they had like the military guarding so those people actually couldn't leave um and then that's the only people 
person I know who had been traveling, who had actual like the mandatory quarantine because of traveling. But then you hear all the stories from friends um, in other countries where, you know, I've got friends in China who, you know, were on lockdown, were not allowed to leave their house. And I've got friends, other friends in Peru who are on lockdown and have to get, uh, they have to get like a, a form signed and approved just to leave. Um, oh. People have curfews. Um, Vietnam has a curfew right now. But then I'll also see friends like on Instagram who are just kind of like Saturday night and they'll be <laughs> cheersing. And you're like, one, two, three, four. Th- I see seven glasses. Wait, wait a minute. This is very irresponsible. I'm unfollowing you. No, bad. So it's so weird to see people who, you know, here they have their freedom and, but they also have every single thing to keep them entertained. Food can still get delivered uh, where you see people in these other countries who are like, you know, their internet's not working and they're just stuck at home and they're really not even complaining about it. And yet we're here and you see people who can't even just like, keep it under five people for a a Saturday night. Right. Yeah. I feel like, I mean, from the people I talked to, like all my international friends, like they seem to be, you know, stay at home, you know, taking it seriously. And yeah, it seems to be like a bit of the Americans who could be more irresponsible and, you know, want to stretch that out, want to like, oh, well, you know, we're staying at home, but I'm having a little house party. Exactly. Um, Yeah, which I guess that that's how we're uh, the highest now in in cases. Yeah, (laughs) I I have, again, like international friends who are all messaging me like, what is wrong with your country? Why is this happening? Like, why, why is your president bull? And I'm just like, a, I'm the last person you should be asking about that. And B, I have no idea. Like, I just, I don't get it. Why we can't just uh, be lead by example here and, and fix this. Everyone else is looking at America because they think it's so great. And they're just like, you idiots, this isn't that hard. Yeah, no, it isn't. Um, I was going to ask you, between the two flights, because um, you said you had a layover in Amsterdam, and then from Amsterdam, you flew into SFO. Between yeah. the two airports, which, like, did you feel like SFO was more organized, or were they kind of chaotic it sounds like san francisco was trying to be organized but it was kind of a weird um amsterdam amsterdam felt weird because one of the things i noticed was all of the bars and restaurants were closed you couldn't get food from anywhere i think they opened uh they opened starbucks but only the one that was like right there for the flight that we were going to take. Everything else was closed except all of the regular stores were still open. So the Louis Vuitton store was open and (laughs) you know, all of that, you could go and buy all the duty free, but you couldn't go and buy a sandwich. So that kind of felt like weird. 
but as far as just kind of like information and organization, I feel like San Francisco did kind of have it together. It was a little bit scary uh, just to see all the, the police and all that, but you kind of like, you knew where you were supposed to go. Everyone was, you know, pretty relaxed and was nice. Uh, and in Sweden, it was the same thing. Everyone was super nice. And Amsterdam, you couldn't really talk to anyone. People were, I think people there, because it had gotten so bad, they were really like, you know, just wait, we're going to announce it on the, the intercom, go sit down, you know, get away from me sort of thing. Okay. That's interesting. And did you experience like any sort of panic, I guess, at any point? Or even if you weren't panicked, did anyone, I mean, it kind of seemed like in Amsterdam with all the weird makeshift, like that seems like maybe they were in some sort of panic mode or I don't know, maybe, maybe that is normal to just hey we're gonna wear these makeshift things and just do what we can yeah it felt definitely any level of of panic was uh was really only in amsterdam and you could kind of tell even from far away when you see people coming like who where these people were from so all of the Asians were the ones who were really protected. I think the Europeans were the ones who were like a little bit, maybe they're wearing masks, even though they've only got the mask over their mouth and not their nose. Like you kind of got a little bit. And then the Americans are just kind of walking around like, well, uh, you know, if it happens, it's going to happen. And so you're just like, uh, you know who your people are based by just looking at them. Wow. That's interesting. It's, yeah, our uh, coronavirus stereotypes. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely uh, not going to win that one. Uh, and, you know, with the, uh, a lot of the Asian countries, they normally wear dust masks uh, in general just because of smog or because they're on such packed trains. Uh, right. So they're a little bit more used to it and they know how to wear them properly. You know, in Vietnam everyone wears a mask when they go outside just because it's so many motorbikes kicking up exhaust everywhere. Uh, so it doesn't feel as weird when you're there because everything just looks normal. Uh, but then when you get into Europe or the U S and you see people wearing masks, it, it just feels out of place. Right. Yeah. It's been weird. Like, I don't know, just, it just going to the supermarket is really bizarre to me. Just seeing like, yeah, that you'll see the people with um, with the mask, with the gloves, and I mean, I'll go to the Costco in Monterey Park, which has a heavy uh, Asian po population. So you're kind of used to seeing, um, you know, some of the Asians at least already wearing like masks, but like seen gloves and seen you know other you know like the latino people wearing it because there's a lot of latinos in the area as well i'm like okay this is this is weird should, should i be wearing this like yeah <laughs> but then at the same time i see so many people wearing the masks improperly and so right. you know it's just you walk around scratching your head i saw someone wearing gloves sneezed and then you know, you see them touching, 
touching their face. And it's like, do you think that the gloves are like a, a disinfectant? You do realize that if you touch your face wearing gloves, it's just like touching your face not wearing gloves, right? Uh, and you don't. So I, I think people <laughs> just kind of do it because they see everyone else doing it, but they don't quite know why. Um, and then obviously the misinformation, which, you know, exists everywhere, not just here. Um, and, and you just, it's kind of disappointing when, and you see old people just out walking down an aisle at the grocery store along with, you know, seven other carts down the same aisle and no one is like doing their part to, to not do that. And then on the flip side, you see the people who sit with their cart at the end of the aisle staring at you like, uh, it's my turn to come down this aisle now. <laughs> you're like, oh, sorry. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll get going now. Right. Lots, We're definitely not courteous there. people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's hit or miss. You do get some of those people who uh, try and keep their distance. And then you get the, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm sure it happens to everyone. But the other day I was standing in line keeping your distance the person behind me was keeping distance and um an older gentleman kind of stepped into the line in between both of us and then just started <laughs> he's like ah, i'm in the line now and the lady was like hey excuse me um i'm i'm in line he, he just looked at her like no you're not and then i also gave him a a uh, a dirty look and he got it and moved but he was kind of <laughs> like you know you guys are the problem not me Oh, goodness. Yeah. It's like, hey, um, this this six foot rule or whatever it is, like, has been a thing for a while. Maybe you should wake up. And in all fairness, we probably had like eight feet. But (laughs) I mean, if you see people kind of all standing in uniform, no matter how much distance is between them, it's pretty easy to tell a line when you see one. Right. Other than that, has it been good, you know, being home, being, you know, at least knowing, you know, you're safe, you're, you're not safe. How do I word this? You're somewhere familiar and, um, you know, you have family, you're, you know, you're not totally alone in this. You're not trying to scramble for a flight anymore. Yeah, the, the everything kind of calming down. Uh, definitely feels much better. Um, not being worried and not really having to constantly have something in the back of your head uh, yeah. is is so much better. And then being around family, like uh, I'm at my sister's house and she's got two young kids who are uh, full of so much pent up energy. And they keep apologizing, like, oh, man, it's so crazy, you know, like, I can't believe you wanted to come here. And it's like, eh, this is far better than uh, any other option that I had of just not being around anyone. So, uh, yeah, it definitely feels much better yeah. being being home. Um, and also just because everything is so uncertain, we don't know how long this is going to be. Um, so being at least around family, you know, if it's a month, you know, that's fine. If it ends up being three months, um, 
it just feels better knowing that I would be able to help them out and all that. So yeah, it definitely feels much better being back. That's good. I'm glad you found your way back home because I was crazy that that flight like just you know ended up like oh yeah we're canceled oh we didn't tell you oh too bad um yeah and I still (laughs) never even got anything from them no emails they kept sending me emails uh that were like the general form emails that I think you just get into the automated uh mailing list once you booked the flight uh Mm -hmm. where it was like you have to have a U.S. passport to get in the U.S., blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I kept getting those even after that flight would have been. But other than that, never uh, any confirmations, never any cancellations. It just kind of uh, just disappeared. The credit card charge uh, had reversed. I got the credit back, and that was the only, the only thing. That's yeah, but you okay? You didn't get credited back. When when do you get credited back, or when did you know that you got that money back? Um, I think it was Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Okay, so it was way after like the flight. Yeah, so I think it was like a day or two after the flight would have been. But that's still and then. And then the other thing is I'm not dealing with Airbnb because I had my Airbnb in Sweden for more time and I had to leave. And you Mm -hmm. see all the the Airbnb like, oh, you know, with the coronavirus, we're letting uh, guests and hosts cancel and everyone gets refunds and blah, blah, blah. The thing they don't tell you is that doesn't apply if you're already staying somewhere. So because I had already been staying at this place uh, they wouldn't give me the automatic refund. The host is like, eh, no, I'm not giving you your money back for the time that you aren't here. So now I'm dealing with Airbnb where they're like, well, this isn't our rule. And so I had to send them all this documentation that the U.S. government said, no, you need to come home now uh, to be like, hey, I didn't just kind of decide I didn't want to stay here anymore. I that my government told me I had to come home. You guys all know this. So I don't know why you're making me take screenshots of the right. travel warnings and sending them to you. But uh, yeah, so I'm dealing with all that with Airbnb. And they're very nice, but they're not like, oh, yeah, no, this totally makes sense. They're just kind of like, no, well, we'll look into it and let you know. Yeah, dealing with Airbnb customer service is not fun. Like, I I like staying at Airbnbs. I like the options. Um, and I just like Airbnb, that whole concept, you know, in general. But their customer service is just, like, not on it. Whereas, you know, don't they see, like, someone like you who... Um, you know, probably stays in Airbnb, like most of the time you're traveling, like how much money they've made off you. And like, they can't even like, oh, of course, we'll reimburse you. Like it costs them nothing to keep you as a customer. Yeah. And yeah, they're still making you jump through hoops. Yeah. Their, their customer service is, is not very good. I had a little 
issue with them at one point that eventually got resolved, but it's just, yeah, I mean, I guess it's just going to happen, but hopefully yeah. everything gets taken care of. I, and I remind myself it's only money. I, I'd rather be home with my family. And also here, I'm not paying for a hotel or Airbnb. So at the end of the day, like, it'll all work out. It's just annoying that they were uh, putting out so much information as a business. Like, we care about our customers. We care about our hosts. Like, you know, in this uncertain time, like, cancel and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a huge, huge asterisk to it. Like this is only for future travel. You know, anyone who's actually in the middle of traveling, which this is even more difficult for, you know, you don't, you don't count. Sorry. Right. Uh... And I think it's also <laughs> just because it's, it's a lot, it takes more effort on their side. You know, if it's a future uh, stay, they can just cancel it. It doesn't really require anything. But as soon right. as they have to put a, a minute or two into it, it's no longer uh, the customer is always right. Right. Has this experience like made you reevaluate travel in any sort of way or I don't know, I guess, see things differently or be more aware of certain things? I haven't really put too much thought into it yet. Um, I definitely know as soon as uh, everything kind of feels a little bit more clear and safe. I'll be right back out again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I definitely, there's a few things that I'll probably start to take into account. Um, keeping aware of like how to get home, which has never really been, uh, anything that I paid attention to. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what flights fly from wherever I'm at direct back to the United States. Like, I've never really thought about that from anywhere that I've been. So that'll definitely be something that I pay attention to. Um, and then just kind of keeping a, a closer eye on the world news. Um, you know, what's going on in places. Because uh, I never really did that uh, before either. You know, I, I don't really travel to places that are terribly dangerous or in the middle of anything. So I haven't had to check the news daily. But uh, I think that might become a little bit more of the routine just so I don't uh, end up somewhere and then have to find a last minute flight to get somewhere. Because that definitely was uh, not fun. Yeah, it sounded really stressful. Like. I was following along your tweets. I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I, I hope you just get home. Like, just magically, like, <laughs> somehow get home. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely glad it, it, it worked out. And KLM was super nice. And, and, you know, during a stressful time, tried to make sure everyone felt pretty normal. Um, but, yeah. I, I mean, I, I have a friend who's in... Uh, El Salvador, and she's uh, she ended up getting stuck, and I think she's just going to be there indefinitely. She doesn't know when she's going to be able to leave, and she has to participate just along with everyone else. She can't go out 
so she doesn't really have a way to, uh, you know, be normal. Uh, and then also uh, an internet friend um, is stuck in Greenland. And so it's the same thing. Like, and that seems like a crazy place to just like be stuck. And it's also super expensive. So yeah, there's yeah. definitely people who are, who are in a, a different situation. Right. Yeah. I think, I mean, you made a really good decision, like coming home when you did. And yeah, I guess I, just the uncertainty, like I wouldn't want to not know at least about when I would be able to get home. I mean, there's certain places where you joke and you're like, oh, I wouldn't mind getting stuck in Bali. I wouldn't mind getting stuck. But I mean, considering the situation, um, I'm sure you'd rather just, you know, feel secure and feel, you know, be around family and, you know, at least have them to kind of, you know, just feel normal. Yeah, exactly. And and I think when people say it, they don't actually think about what stuck actually means. Like, yeah, Bali is a really beautiful place and it's, you know, it's very tranquil and, you know, spending a long amount of time there doesn't seem bad. But getting stuck in Bali in the middle of, you know, what we're all going through doesn't mean lounging out at the beach every day, <laughs> stuck inside a hotel room. And so being stuck anywhere is not going to be nice when you're just sitting inside a hotel room or an Airbnb and you can't go anywhere. So I think that when you think about getting stuck somewhere, it's like, oh, yeah, getting stuck in Bali. Uh, if you just didn't have a way to leave Bali, it would be fine. But being quarantined in Bali is going to be no different than being quarantined in in uh, your hometown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so where's the first place you're going to go after it is safe to travel? Everything's um, normal again. And I, I don't even know. I mean, there's a bunch of places <laughs> that I was supposed to be going uh before i had to come home so i might kind of finish off that trip or you know maybe i'll just go down to south america there's a lot of places that i still need to go and visit there places on on bucket lists that i want to go to so and i feel like that one might be kind of an an easier uh first spot nice nice well, for anyone listening who wants to follow your um, your adventures, where can they find you? Um, I've got Instagram is Steve's Not Lost. Uh, my Twitter's the same, and I also have a website, which is Steve's Not Lost dot com. And you take awesome pictures, so. I love following you and seeing all your cool pictures. So yeah, make sure to give Steve a follow. Thank you so much for talking with us about, I don't know, everything that's going on. It's been insane and I'm glad you're safe now and hopefully everything's more normal soon. It feels so weird. I know I've been feeling like really like, wow, like, am I going to be able to travel soon? Like, where am I going to go? And, you know, there's all this 
uncertainty with with traveling but um hopefully we could we could be free in the world again <laughs> yeah hopefully it's it's not too terribly long uh before we can get back out there awesome well thanks again for coming on steve we'll hopefully talk to you soon and maybe when you're out again somewhere yeah definitely yeah.